no part is any more important than any other part. I'm just a part of the body doing what God's called me to do. Um, a couple weeks ago, I got to meet, I got to go to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And um, it's pretty awesome because I got to go down there and see Stephen and we went down there. And I was really expecting nothing except to hear Pastor Tom speak to Smithwick's group and, um, and then lift with Stephen a couple times. Uh, during the summertime, we lift a lot together, and um, he's gone in college, so I don't get to lift with him at all, so it was kind of fun to go down there and punish him for a day or two. But what I didn't know was that it was Rama's um, Winter Bible Conference. So I went down there expecting nothing except for just hanging out, and God spoke into my life every day. And I ain't joking, every day God gave me something different. God gave me something new. And... Um, it was crazy. Just one night we got to meet with um, Stephen and his house. And he has got a group of guys because he goes to Rama, And there's some kids from, some men from, um, what's the other college? Huh? ORU. They all, they all meet together. Oral Roberts University. And they just meet together and they pray and they seek God. They have a Bible study. And well, this particular night... Tom got to speak, and they were really excited to hear Tom speak because it's Stephen's daddy. And um, those poor kids, man, I just ended up sitting back on the couch because Tom gave them a year's worth of information of God life in one hour. And you can just see them. They're just, there's smoke coming off their pens. And I'm just, I just sit back and smile and uh, because it's what I hear every week. It's what we hear every week, and they're... They're at ORU, they're at Rama, and they're like, I've never heard this stuff before. So you're in a fortunate environment to hear the word that our, our pastor seeks for every week to deliver into our lives. Amen. So pastor spoke to them so good, and then they all stood up, and we just prayed for each one of them. What a great time. And then when they were all done, then Brody, he shoves me into the middle. And a uh, pretty cool kid. Well, they shoved me into the middle and they start praying for me. They probably didn't know it, but all three of them that prayed for me, Brody, Stephen, and another kid, they basically prophesied a prayer over me. Something that God had been speaking to me, and they just prayed it over me. And I'm just crying. And then they shoved Tom in. (laughs) And uh, you weren't, God just swallowed you up. They call Oklahoma, they're the Bible Belt. And um, then they call Tulsa, not Oklahoma, but that area of the country, the Bible Belt. And Tulsa, they call the buckle. And I don't know if it's because they live in Tulsa, they think it's the buckle, or because it is the buckle. But I'll tell you what, when I hopped on the plane and I came home, I was a different person. Completely different person. You know, I miss Stephen. He's not here. We all miss Stephen. You know, and, you know, the other boys are here. We get to enjoy them. But... To see him down there and operating in what God has for him. You know, we walk, me and Tom, we walk into a service one night and we see Stephen leaning over and praying for this kid. Just praying for him and Tom and I just walk by. And about seven, eight minutes later, Stephen, maybe it might have been ten minutes later, Stephen runs up and goes, hey, you know that kid I was praying for? And I go, yeah. He goes, he just got filled with the Holy Spirit. It's awesome. That's what they're seeking. It's not, I don't have to bring a bunch of people forward and pray for them to get filled. They're seeking them out and praying for them, and they're getting filled with the Holy Spirit. 
I'm thinking, why isn't that on my heart? It's because I ain't seeking for it. I ain't looking for it. I don't know that corn dogs are good unless I first taste a corn dog. And I love corn dogs. So I've had more than enough of corn dogs. Amen. You know, if you own a business or you're, you know, you love your family, but if you send someone out to represent you, you're going to hope that they are concerned about the same thing you are concerned about. Am I right? Something that you really put your heart and your soul and your mind into. You're going to hope that they're concerned about the exact same thing and the same concerns that you're concerned about. Amen? I want to read a few scriptures for you, to you in Philippians 2.19. Amen? It says, I hope, this is Paul, Paul praying, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive the news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests. Amen. I send Timothy to you. That I may be cheered when I receive the good news about you. Amen. Jesus, a couple statements here. Jesus said, I always do those things which pleases my Father. Amen. We're representing. We're representing Jesus Christ. We're representing God in our life. Amen. And Jesus said, I always do those things which pleases my Father. Paul said, what would you have me do? It's kind of a scary prayer. If you say, what would you have me do? And then he answers you. You kind of got to do it, right? Or otherwise you look like a big fat chicken. And nobody wants to look like a chicken. You know, never allow circumstances to hinder you from pursuing your father's interests. Never allow circumstances to hinder you from pursuing your father's interests. The economy. I don't have enough money. Uh, gas is too much. I can't drive over there and pray with that person. You know, I can't do share fest because my back hurts. Come on. I'm just saying that because my back's hurt for a long time. It doesn't anymore because I came and saw Smithwick. And Jesus healed me. Were you guys here at Smithwick? Amen. So if you're not healed, that's your own fault. Amen. Never allow circumstances to keep you from pursuing your father's interests. God is using you to impact the welfare of others. That's what he's doing. Through you, you are impacting the welfare of others. That's what we get to do. It's not what I I have to do. It's what I get to do. I get to speak life in the people around me. You know, this is what God's really been speaking to me lately. And you hear it a lot growing up. But the, just the, the word, the, the tongue is sharper than a two-edged sword. And as I pray and as I seek God and I, as I pray the word in my life and in my family and in the things around me, my tongue is like a two-edged sword. And I'm slicing up the enemy. 
as I pray. With boldness, with confidence, and with courage. Because that's what God has put on my heart. That's who God has created you and me to be. To be people of courage and boldness. To go out and do what He's called us to do. And the next one, the devil is wanting you to focus on self. The devil's doing whatever he can to get you to focus on yourself. Well, how come this person got this raise? Well, how come they got to do that? Why didn't I get a new car? They're driving a new car. Well, maybe you should have went and bought a new car. I mean, use wisdom. <laughs> it's Stop focusing on yourself. And what a, what a nasty word selfishness is. And how many years I had selfishness flowing through my veins. Selfishness. I mean, I can stand here and tell you selfishness was flowing through my veins. I'm still a little selfish. I think it's part of the kid in me. But i got to stop it. i got to cut that stuff off and do what God's called me to do. You know, just because you're born again doesn't mean your interest is what His interests are. Just because you're born again doesn't mean you're interested in the same thing God's interested in. It's not just an easy ticket. Mismanaged interest can paralyze your effectiveness. If you want to mismanage your interest, it can paralyze how effective you are. Isaiah 55, 6 It says, seek the Lord while He can be found. Call unto Him while He's near. You know, sometimes we get that drawing, that stirring, that hunger in our heart. And then we just wait till next week and it's gone. I'll wait till after, just after the football game. And I'll get in there and I'll I'll seek God. That's a mismanaged interest. God's laying it on your heart. Do seek Him while He's close, while He's near. Dude, that's wisdom. I'm not, I'm not talking about hanging out with Todd. I mean, I can hang out with Todd whenever I want. But when God is awesome enough to come and drop His presence on me and put a hunger in my belly, it's for a reason. Amen. Each person must discover and promote the Father's interests. You know, Pastor said it a couple weeks ago. The word discover kind of means uncover. So each person must uncover, searching it out, digging for it, and promote the Father's interests. You know, we're all not going to have the exact same part, the exact same uh, thing. You've got to find your own lane to run in. You've got to find a thing that God has for you and run in it. Because God, God doesn't want you walking. He doesn't want you sitting on the sidelines. He wants you running. But you've got to discover it. You must be willing to seek. You have to seek it out. The things of God are hidden from you until you seek. I mean, God isn't looking for the normal guy. He's looking for someone that's going to seek Him. That's going to search for Him. That's going to find what it says in His Word. What does the Word say? Heaven and earth will pass away, but My Word will remain forever. Heaven and earth is going to pass away. But the Word of God that He's given to us, dude, that's going to be there forever, for eternity. Amen? Let's search in it. See what God has for us. Proverbs 
2, 4, and 5. And if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Back to 4. If you will search for it, if you will look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure. Have you guys been, any of you guys watch uh, Gold Rush? You guys watch that series? I love that. It's, it's awesome to watch those guys just dig for gold and yell at each other and, um, while I'm sitting on a couch eating popcorn. And, um, well, what's crazy is this last season, four months they dug and dug, but with big old caterpillars and what are those big D9s, those big tractors digging and digging and digging with, uh, wash plants washing this dirt. Tons and tons and tons of dirt. After four Months of continuous backbreaking, 16 plus hours a day. They got a jar of gold. For all of that, for moving tons and tons of dirt, they got a jar of gold. And then after it was all split up and the expenses were paid, I think they got like 1,500 bucks of sand. And I'm thinking, man, that sucks. For the King James, that sucketh. Man, I spent four months for 1,500 dollars. I mean, I should have went and worked at Wendy's and got free meals. I mean, to me, that's not a lot of wisdom. But same thing. Dude, if we only searched for it, just a piece of the work that they searched for that gold, man, what would God unveil and reveal in our life? I mean, what would He do for us? Dude, every window of opportunity would be open. I mean, why do we search after gold when we can search after Him? Amen? The majority of believers won't have the same interests God has. They won't be interested in the same things God's interested in. The majority of believers, they don't... I mean, they're not going to be interested in it. And I've got my Harley. Got, actually, I don't. I wish I had a scooter. i got a boat. i got my cars. i got to make sure they're polished. i got an image to keep up. Um, some of us have two Harleys. And it's just interesting. What do you run after? You know, it's not bad having that stuff. It's part of the blessing. But you got to be wise. And you can't put the cart in front of the horse. You know, I seek my God and God begins to give me stuff. As I give and as I do what He's called me to do, man, I walk in health. I do the things He's called me to do. And it's just a byproduct. Being blessed is just a part of being the son, one of the sons of God. Being connected to the Father. I mean, if your dad was a multi-billionaire and you did anything and everything you could to please Him, don't you think that He'd... Is He going to buy you a Hyundai? Or is He going to buy you a BMW? And a BMW isn't any more expensive to Him as a Hyundai. God's going to take care of you. You seek Him and run after Him. And He'll take care of you. And this is crazy. For no one else, I have no one else like Him. Philippians 20. I have no one else like Him. And that word means no one like a kindred spirit. Paul had no one else like Timothy. No one else to go out and run the Word. No one else to go out and spread the Gospel. He didn't have anybody else. He just had Timothy. Finding people who are interested, what God is interested in, is rare. It's rare. 
What does 21 say? It says, For everyone looks out for his own interests, not the interests of Jesus Christ. Who are you interested in blessing? You? I mean, I can say me because I'm right there. Who are you interested in? You interested in your things? You interested in what God's doing? And we got so much crazy stuff in the house that we could be connected to. It's rare to find somebody that's chasing God like nobody's business. There's three points tonight I want to cover. The three points that are the closest thing, the interest that God's interested in. And I believe the interest that we should be chasing after. Number one, it's the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels. That's God's number one interest. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Amen? God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. His number one interest is after the lost. That should be our interest. Doing whatever we can do to find the lost, to seek the lost, to run after the lost. Amen? Run after them. Proverbs 11.30 says, it says, The fruit of the righteous is the tree of life, and he who winneth souls is wise. I want to be wise, and I want to be wise in my Father's eyes. I want to run after His heart. I want to run after the things that He has for me. And if that means bringing in souls to the kingdom, man, Father, stir that up inside of my spirit. Stir it up inside of me so I can be effective in anything and everything that I do. You know, it's our job as believers to answer the call and to be like-minded like our Father. To give of ourselves wholly to what He has placed in our hearts. To give ourselves wholly, all of it, to what He's placed in our hearts. You know, He's laid something on Bernie's heart that He hasn't laid on my heart. He's laid something on Todd's heart that He hasn't laid on my heart. But whatever God's laid on your heart, run after it with everything that you've got. Amen? He's given you so many different talents. You know, what else we got coming up to bless people? Share Fest. So incredible that we get to sign up and serve people. To go to people's houses and lawns and just be able to spring clean their houses. I don't know how many times we've done ShareFest and we went up to a house and we've seen people cry. I can't believe you guys would do this for us. Why are you here? You know, it doesn't matter if you work two hours or eight hours. Man, that eternal blessing. And just to see God bless them. You know, why do people come to, to know God? Why do people give their hearts to God? Because of His goodness. And His goodness operates between from us to them. We're that channel. We get to be goodness. We get to be the salt and the light of the world. You know, serve you coming up. What, an, what a great idea. You know, we, this serve you we got coming up on the 30th. Is we got, we're going to go to two different laundromats. Three different, awesome, three different laundromats because we have so many people signed up, maybe four. Five? Up at six. Um, we get to go to these laundromats. And we're, if you guys get some laundry, or not some laundry, but some um, 
detergent and some dry dryer sheets. Bring them in. Because what we're going to do is we're going to go to these different laundromats. We're going to put signs out there and we're going to get to wash clothes for the community. We're going to go with a ton of quarters. And we're just going to all day long, or not all day, two hours. Oh, all day. Two hours. We're going to get to serve these people. So I really don't know how to do it. Don't be weird. You know, people aren't looking for weird people. People are looking for real people. You know, when you're out there washing clothes, well, they'll come up and ask you. You don't have to go out there and start being crazy. Just wash the clothes. Be a blessing. And they'll come up to you. People are drawn to different people. And they'll come up to you and they'll ask, why are you doing this? And you can just open up the door and be real and be transparent. You know, I was once where you're at. Dude, I used to have to wash my own clothes. I mean, i got a washer and dryer now. It's just awesome for us to come out and serve. That's how we're doing it, because we love our community. doesn't have to be super spiritual. just got to be real. People are looking for... You think Jesus walked around all super spiritual? He just walked around and was real. And that's what people want, is real. Uh, Taco Tuesday. What an awesome night for the men. How many of you guys love tacos? You know, we had we had a hundred, hundred and some guys, hundred plus guys, I don't know, there. And what was so cool was that guys brought guys that would norm that would not normally come to church, but would come to Taco Tuesday. All you can eat tacos for twenty five minutes. And the guys did such a good job. The first hundred guys went through and was already eating tacos in ten minutes. They went back through. There was guys getting eight tacos, nine tacos, and then they just served themselves over and over and over again for 25 minutes. I don't even think there was much talking. They just ate. And uh, it was just so cool because that happened so fast. And then we funneled in here and we had 30 minutes of worship. Worship and prayer to our Father. That's what it's about. But guys that normally wouldn't come to church came to Taco Tuesday And they got to experience the power of God in their life. That's why we do outreaches. That's why you and I need to be connected to outreaches. Amen? Number two thing. Actually, back up. Invite people. Because you never know, they might just say yes. Invite some. Don't be afraid. Invite somebody. Because they might just say yes. Probably scare you. Oh, man, now they're going to come to church and see me. Number two, most important thing, is Acts. The book of Acts. The Spirit-filled life. Don't leave home without it. Amen? You know, if you read the book, you'll find out it's something. It's not something to be ashamed of, but it's something to be sought after. You know, all these people downplay this. They make fun of people who speak in tongues. They... Do this, they do that. I think it's because it's the weird people they're making fun of. If they really knew the power of God that flows through them and the power of the book of Acts and the power of the Holy Spirit that flows through our lives, they wouldn't have anything to say. Amen? Book of Acts, the second most important thing. Acts 15, Acts 5.12. It says, 
the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together at Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared to join, nor none of them dared to join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord, and they added to their numbers daily. You know, a few weeks ago I began reading this, and it really stuck into my heart. And I started reading it and reading it. Where is it? I don't even go to the first one. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And the believers used to meet together at Solomon's Colonnade. In the King James, that's Solomon's porch. And what happened is the Babylonians uh, tore up the temple, Solomon's temple, and all that was left was Solomon's porch. And the believers, which was, it stands for a tribe, a large group of people, used to gather under that porch and pray and get together, kind of like church. We'd get together and pray and stuff and just get excited and, and worship our Father. But what I didn't understand was, it says, the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. Next one. No one else dared to join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. No one else dared to join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. I, I, I didn't understand. If, if, you, if you're out somewhere and you see signs and wonders going on, miracles happening, lives being changed, wouldn't you kind of wonder, wouldn't you kind of want to get involved in that, be a part of that? And I kind of wonder, why, did, why didn't they want to join them? Why didn't they want to get together? Well, that word dared, no one dared to join them. That word dared means boldness or courage. They didn't have the boldness or the courage to join them. How sad is that? You know, I'm comfortable hanging out here at the porch. You know, you guys are doing so awesome. I'm proud of you guys. They were highly regarded, but no one else, no one else dared to join them. I don't want to be the guy that sets back and lets somebody else do the job. I want to be the guy out front. I want to be the guy out asking people, do you know my God? Can I tell you about my Lord? You don't have to be weird about it. I had an opportunity last week with a guy at work, maybe a couple weeks ago. Um, a guy at work's going through an incredibly hard time. I mean, incredibly hard. And uh, this is a cowboy. I mean, cowboys don't cry. I mean, this is a true cowboy. And, um, and I was talking with him, and I kind of know what was going down with him because rumor mill at work, you know how rumors are. And I go, I go, hey, Dave, how you doing? And he goes, not too good. And his eyes start filling up with tears. And I said, all right, man. I said, you know, I said, I'm probably not the nicest guy in the world. I'm a little different at work than I am here. Kind of, not really. It's probably because I work in a prison and you just kind of, I'm the same, but it's just a different arena. And uh, I said, but... If there's anything I can do for you, just ask. I mean, I'm here for you. And he said, he goes, you know, you know what? He goes, you're the only one four years ago that had the guts to tell me what you saw. Because four years ago, I saw something. And I saw it for a couple of weeks, and it, would just, it did not set well in my gut. Did not. So I pulled him into a room, and I said, I go, hey, Dave, 
Um, I said, you know, we're not close friends, but I consider you a friend. And this is what I saw. And I would hope that as a friend, if somebody saw this happening, that they would come and tell me. And he goes, okay. He goes, thank you. Four years ago, I said that. Well, at this time, Dave said to me, he goes, you "You know what? Four years ago, nobody else had the guts to say anything to me, but you did. You know, before you can speak life into somebody, you've got to build that friendship. You know, and it's not like you have to, to bond with them and take them to lunch every every other day. Um, you have to have relationship. Dude, it's, man, how you doing? It's being genuine. It's being real. And when you build that real relationship, you can speak into someone's life. Because crap is going to hit the fan. And when it hits the fan, that's where we're at. That's where the, the God life in us is going to shine. And I told Dave, I said, you know what? I said, I don't know where you stand. I don't know if you go to church. I said, but I'm going to give you my numbers. I gave him my home number and my cell number. And I said, I don't know where you're at. And I can't, honestly, I can't even tell you how you feel or what you're going through. But what I can tell you is about the goodness of my God and how he can bring hope to the hopeless. And this is at work in a prison. And he started crying. That's what people are looking for. They're not looking for the Sadducees or the Pharisees, somebody who's got all the Bible scriptures. They're looking for somebody that's got a heart. They're looking for, you know what they're looking for? They're looking for you. The genuine you. Not the you you think you are, but the genuine you God created you to be. Take your false face off and put your real face on because that's what people want. That's what people need. And it was just awesome to be able to speak into his life. You know, he hasn't called me yet. Still pray for him. I pray for him every day. But you know what? That door is open. Amen. Number three. Become mature in Christ. Number third, God's interested in. Number three thing God's interested in. Has become mature in Christ. Consider it pure joy, my brother, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith will develop perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that the testing, so that you may become mature and complete, lacking nothing. You know, just because we're Christians doesn't mean we've got a cakewalk, it means you've been called to do something. You're not going to want to do. You know, we're traveling roads as leaders, as Christians, stretching ourselves, becoming more Christ-like. And there's things I'm doing I don't want to do. My body's crying out. I don't want to do that. But if I want to be like my father, i got to do it. If I want to be the leader God's called me to be at work in my house here at church, I've got to do it. And I can't whine about it. I can't cry about it. So easy for men to just whine about certain stuff. Well, why do I have to do that? This is what God tells me. Just shut up and do it. God talks to me the exact same way I talk to other people. You know, uh, people come in and they whine and cry at work about different bids or shift changes. They didn't get to go on hospital watch, blah, blah, blah. And I just go, oh, why not me? And then I, I throw them some toilet paper. I go, well, go wipe your tears. I go, nobody cares about that. And they all laugh later. And they, I mean, they think 
even they go, you're still my favorite sergeant, even though I hate you. You know, it's because I speak truth into them. You know, and I don't do it degradingly, and I'm not mean. I do it because I love them. Um, we we got to grow up. Be mature in the way we walk, the way we talk, and the way we speak. Amen? All three areas. The way we walk, the way we talk, and the way we speak. Um, when we were in Oklahoma, two guys prayed for, prayed for me. Three of them did. And Brody laid his hand on me and began to pray for me. And it was the exact very thing that God had been speaking to me two months prior. You know, straighten up. My, my buddy was here tonight that I work master control with. Doesn't come to church. He's been to a men's event. Um, he's Catholic. Good guy. Big heart. Very nice guy. And, but he gets to hear everything. Everything that I read, I tell him. You know, master control, they get to hear everything that I'm reading. Anybody who works with me hears the Word of God. Um, sorry, that's the way it is. And um, so they continue to hear it day after day after day. Well, I come back from Oklahoma, and I told Juanus, I said, hey. I said, dude, I go, you know the jokes and stuff we were joking about? and Man, I can't joke like that anymore. It wasn't. It's not bad. It's just not good. It's not uplifting. It's not giving of itself for the betterment of the environment. And God told me a long time ago, knock it off a little bit at a time. Then I go to Oklahoma and Brody starts praying for me. And he said, God has this for you and God has that for you. All the way down to he's praying for me and he goes, he goes even the way you joke at the workplace. I'm like, oh. Be mature in Christ. And it's just, i got to stop. I told Juanus, and Juanus goes, trying to help me out a little. He goes, it's prison. He goes, it's just kind of what happens here. And, um, and I said, I know. But God has told me, I'm running after these things of God. And if I run after these things of God, I can no longer do these things. You know, there's things in our life that God has us running after. And there's things that we do over here that we can't do anymore if we're running after things over here. God's calling us to be mature-minded Christians. To do things we've never done. To run after Him. To be like-minded like Him. And just the last thing, you guys can close your books and stuff, is that people are watching you every step you take and every word you speak. You might not even know it, but people are watching you. They know your real you, and they know your fake you. They're watching you. You can't fool. You can't fool a person out there you're working with that's a non-Christian. So I know he goes to church, but he acts like this. You can't fool them. They're pretty smart. God's calling us number three to be mature. In Christ. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Father.